This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Dreskel, Kaylee, Aaron, Danielle, Damasaurus, The Letter, Jeff, Awesome Possum Blossom, Amy, Matthew, William, Brandon, Dave, Scott, Kate, Isaac, Ori, Karun, Eddie, and Nick B. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. If you want to hang out with all of us, do so in the Facebook group or Discord servers where Mikey talks daily. I made Alexa laugh a lot. I'd imagine it was while you were being clumsy. It was when I fell off the couch. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it was when you were being clumsy. I dropped the remote and I reached down and it was more of a tumble and I flipped a little bit and laid on the ground and the noise that came out of her mouth was like proved to me that she's been fake laughing at everything I've made a joke about. <laughs> It was such a genuinely loud and amazing laugh that I was like, her other laughs are lies. (laughs) (laughs) And it went on for a good 10 minutes while I just, (laughs) I had to pause the show. Did she at least do the, are you okay? Before she started laughing? Definitely not. (laughs) There was a laugh. I think there was an, are you okay later? But it was more of an emotional, like, I'm sorry for making you feel bad about who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to the Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, you guys made me watch Sleepaway Camp. (laughs) And really, I just have one question to start us off. Why? <laughs> oh, you didn't love it? You didn't love every insane second of this movie? I Okay, so this movie is bonkers yes. in a very 80s way, but also in a very like, wow, everyone in this movie is terrible, and that is saying something. Although not everyone is. It just feels so over the top. Yeah, it feels so over the top when, like, you meet the mom, quote unquote. Oh, she is bonkers. She is so bad. There are quite a few actors in this movie that are not great. I think the main girl was fine. She was great. Do I call her whatever her name was? Yeah, I, I would say the actress was a girl. It though, was right? a girl. Yeah. Yes, uh, uh, and we'll talk about it in fun facts uh, about the end. Uh, let's just get ahead of it. It's not okay to force anyone to live as something that is not their gender identity. Obviously, that's a problem. Very much, yeah. Yeah. For clarity's sake, we'll refer to Angela as a she until the movie tells us otherwise. And then we can adjust, like, just just for clarity so people aren't, you know, confused. Okay, so I have not suggested this for this podcast because I was like, you always talk about, like, and I have a big blind spot of, like, what's problematic now that wasn't back then? Oh, so much in this movie. And even I was like, we should do Sleepaway Camp. This is like the most problematic movie that's ever been made. This movie is so problematic. There's like, it's not even just like the gender bending stuff that happens in the reveal at the end. No. There's so many problematic (laughs) shit in this movie. Like the cook is a straight up pedophile. Darth Vader's Vader is in this movie. (laughs) There's so much going on in this movie. It's insane. Did you guys realize that Darth Vader's dad is in this movie? Yes, I did. Yeah, I have it in the notes as well yeah. yeah he's the cook that takes over after the pedophile cook that he enabled dies or gets burnt to shit whatever happens to him yeah and we then never see him again well yeah like he's in those two scenes and then just is gone from the film that man was in the sting <laughs> he deserves better yes i have a major <laughs> question about the film and i can't wait to break it down and go into it i mean there's what what sure. is there to say about sleepaway camp so much we should just go through <laughs> it because this section could last hours yes but i will say 
Did the cousin know? The cousin has to have known. He had to have known. I don't know. I feel like there there's a version where the cousin does not know, perhaps, because it does happen while he's not home, is what we kind of find out later. But for years? Well, think about it. They, they might have had different bedrooms. They might have had, you know, like they might not have interacted in a way that would have exposed him to what was happening. There definitely would have been a Miss Doubtfire type reveal for that cousin. <laughs> Although I will say this. That cousin was around the same age, if not a little bit older than Angela in this movie, right? So right. when, oh man, I don't, I don't even remember what the boy's name was that moves in. Peter. So when Peter moves in, he would have been like, he would have looked like Peter and had short hair for a while, right? So like the cousin Ricky would have known. So I think the way they get it, now granted, again, the movie doesn't do this well. This plot device is bonkers when peter moves in he does have like wraps and bandages true yeah and the implication being that there would have been a lot of medical treatments in that interim from the accident just in general yeah so in my mind it's possible that ricky doesn't know but i think what ricky does know regardless of whether or not he knows the full scope is that there's something that's not quite on the up and up with Angela. Right. I think he knows that there's something wrong, be it trauma from the accident, be a some sort of medical condition, whatever it is, he feels a need to protect her and keep her safe along with him. So I don't know. I think the movie leaves that a little open-ended as to whether or not he knows. Yeah, that's fair, I guess, because there would be a lot going on during that time. And it never really addresses it. It's not like this movie is a a very well-written movie, and this is the one problem I have with it. (laughs) Like, there's literally two or three things in every scene. I'm like, oh... None of that makes sense. What is happening in this <laughs> movie? Like I watched this movie and I know we're about to go through it plot point by plot point like we always do. And I'm honestly probably going to be surprised by things that I didn't realize happened because my mind was so blown by other shit I was still trying to process. Like the first scene where you see them go off to camp, I was so like flummoxed by what was happening and why the mom was talking in like an insane way. And there's no explanation for it. Other than that she is, like, full-blown corn cobs. Yes. Like, that that's the only explanation. Yeah, that actress was making some choices that as a director, I'd have been like, hang on, let's dial this back to a different actress and let someone else do this. I thought it implied her husband left her for the other cousin's husband. No, okay, so this is... This is a huge debate. I don't think that's what happened. I thought that they even said that in the movie. I thought he was one of the guys from the beginning. He's not because Ricky's with his father and Ricky's not with them. So (gasps) Ricky's father would have been her husband. Oh, my God. Okay. So he just left her like he woke up one morning and he was like, "Uh, I can't allow what's happening to Peter happen. So I'm going to do nothing and just leave you one day. No, no. He's gone before the movie starts. Oh, I mean, that makes sense. She has fully lost her mind decades ago. Yeah, no, I'm sure he woke up one morning and was like, you're an adult dressed like Madeline, the children's (laughs) book character. Voila, my scar. (laughs) I am out. (laughs) Let's just get into the movie. We'll we'll talk about it when we get to that scene because it's like right away. There's just too much going on. We have to jump right into it. I I have some explanations for what I think is going on and I will make a case for it. Do you mean in the boat scene when the boat commits a hate crime? Yes. Okay. Uh, So... (laughs) 
<laughs> so the first title card of this movie just says, in fond memory of mom, a doer. Can I just say this? If I die and you guys make a commemorative movie and like honor it to me, it better be better than this. You've unlocked a fun fact. No! No! I would be so mad if you guys were like, for Todd and then sleep away camp six. I would be so mad. I'm going to put that on my sex tape. <laughs> for Mama Doer? <laughs> no, no, for Todd. For Todd. <laughs> for stepmom, a doer. Oh, <laughs> okay, so you've unlocked a fun fact. This is terrifying. The director's mom died shortly before shooting and left him an inheritance, and the inheritance financed the film. So the thing she did was die? She's a doer. I mean, I don't know. Like, how would you like it if your death enabled this monstrosity? But Paige, we'll talk about this in box office. It was a good financial move. It was a good financial move. Which is terrifying. But yeah, I mean, yeah, but Paige, to your and sort of my point earlier, I'd be pissed if I died <laughs> and someone made this movie off the inheritance. Oh, absolutely. So we go through a few different like as the credits roll, it's like dramatic music, pictures of the camp. Finally, a picture of the camp sign that says for sale. And those like scenic shots are clearly during the fall. Like the leaves are changing yeah. colors and stuff like that. You've unlocked a fun fact. I'm just unlocking all kinds of fun facts. What is happening? What are you doing, Mikey? There are so many fun facts. Okay. The whole film was filmed during the fall. That's how they were able to get the camp for as cheap as they did. I mean, that makes sense. They'd be fully camping out during the summer. Yeah. And so a lot of those shots are establishing shots from when they were looking at the location. But that means that during the movie, when it's supposed to be summer, they couldn't have it look like fall. So they would often spray paint the leaves and the grass green. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. And it would get on the costumes, all kinds of shit. It was like a nightmare. I think it's adorable. You just referred to what they were wearing as costumes. As costumes. <laughs> and it was just constantly spraying leaves green, which I find very funny. The costume director, a.k.a. director of this movie, was probably just like, hey, kids, bring all of the clothing you have from home. Judy, I've got one shirt for you, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> when we get to Judy's shirt later, I do want to talk about it because I have feelings and they are positive. I said this before when it was just you and me on the Zoom call when we were waiting for Mikey. <laughs> I want us all to get shirts in this exact style with our names on them. With and our then own names That is on what them? we wear to live shows. Yeah, but I want mine to be a crop top like the counselors. Yeah. Oh, Mikey, I have some thoughts about sexy Stephen Perry in this movie and we're going to get into them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man anyway so we open on a lake where two kids and their dad are on a boat yeah and the kids have the most new york accents which is very funny to me we don't like sailing dad yeah <laughs> i didn't know mikey could do a new york accent i can't wait to hear some reviews in that accent i did love that how in every shot it was just the two kids sitting on the boat you could very clearly see the white wall behind them yeah they weren't even trying to hide the fact that they were shooting this indoors yeah 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 it's it's bonker i mean there's some of it that's clearly outdoors because they are walking around on the boat so you do see them outside a little bit yeah there are shots that are outdoors where you see all of them like even the dads in those shots but the close-ups of the two kids before they get up and, I don't know, push him, question mark, off the boat, they are just sitting in a room with life jackets on with a white wall behind them. It is 
bonkers how bad it is. <laughs> well, I think it tries to portray it like they pushed him, but it looks like they just all lose their balance at the same time because um, the boat tips over too. And then he calls them little schemers, which is pretty funny. But instead of schemers, they're just little murderers. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, no. The brother kills his dad and his sister by throwing him in front of a speedboat. I'm sorry. Hang on one second. Are you blaming Peter for what happens to him in this movie? Hot take. <laughs> no, Mikey, no, no. Bad take because what we see is we cut over to campers from Camp Arawak. It is the camp they go to later. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Yes. Yes. And we know that because they're talking to their dad about like, someday maybe we can go to camp. And he's like, someday. Anyway, so. <laughs> I mean, I understand why Angela or Peter does not want to get in that water. She's like, that's where my dad died. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And so the speedboat is basically dragging a water skier and the guy driving it, who I think is a counselor. Yeah. Let's a camper drive. Yeah, because she's flirting with him. Is she flirting with him or is she just like, my dad has a much bigger boat than this and I drive it all the time. I was like, I don't care. You're a kid. I'm a counselor. Shut up. I'll push you out of the boat. Oh, (laughs) the line between kids and counselors is very blurry in this film. I'll get to it more later. Anyway, (laughs) I have thoughts. It took 10 years for the law to really make those lines much clearer. (laughs) (laughs) So at this point, there's a man on the shore who calls out to the dad and his kids on the boat uh, saying, we got to go meet the doc. It's almost 430. And this is when the kid says, is Aunt Martha coming? Is Ricky coming too? And her dad says, no, Ricky is spending the weekend with his father. So Ricky's father completely absent from this situation. That makes sense. Although for literally two minutes of the scene, when that guy had said, we've got to go meet the doc. I thought that that was like a clever way of saying, pull the boat in because we've yeah, got to yeah, go. Yeah. I didn't realize they were talking about an actual doctor until much later. She is a doctor and she is their aunt, which for me, this is how it makes the most sense in my brain. Their father, who's in the water with them, she is his sister okay so they are siblings and when he dies it is the 70s which means even if he and his partner had been together for years he would not have custody no absolutely not and so that is why peter ends up living with his aunt and then she forces peter to become angela yeah so that is how i understand it i know there's a lot of confusion about that in this movie because it does not seem to make a ton of sense And they do not give you enough information to figure that out unless you're watching very closely. And this is not a movie that people watch closely. (laughs) And honestly, don't. You can't. You would lose your mind if you watch this movie closely. I would know. (laughs) Your dead eye stare when you said that was perfect. I got two things. One, Peter did murder his sister, but what happened to him after that was not his fault. Peter didn't murder anybody. The water skier and the boat murdered people because they were driving where they shouldn't have been. They flipped that boat to kill their father. We all saw it happen. We all watched the movie. (laughs) And two, Ricky did know, and that makes me feel a lot less bad about that guy killing him. He doesn't die, Mikey. He doesn't die. (laughs) He should have. (laughs) Also, Ricky spends extended amounts of time with his father because even later he's coming back from having been with his father. So there is no telling what he knows because he's not necessarily around all the time. Your murder plots are exhausting. I'm just saying (laughs) I'm pro beating Ricky. 
<laughs> I mean, there, there's an argument to be made for that, I guess. No, there's not. He is innocent. <laughs> Ricky did nothing wrong, you insane bastards. Like, listen, Ricky did nothing other than protect who he thought was his sort of adopted sister because she's yes. shy and doesn't really like activities. He wanted to protect his secret. <laughs> What's his secret, Mikey? That his family is full of monsters. Well, I mean, that is true. And he probably knows that because when we see him interact with his mom, he knows she's a terrible actress. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get to it in just a second. Uh, So the boat runs over them in the water, killing the father and one of the children. Yes. We are not 100% on which one yet. In the very next scene, we see Ricky and his mother and Angela. And his mother is fully dressed like Madeline from the children's books. Like hat, kerchief, whole thing. You know, like a doctor would wear. (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't know, a doctor at Disneyland? I'm not sure where she's doctoring. Yeah, I don't know what kind of doctor you want that to be. She's like, I only treat cartoons. (laughs) I don't know what you're doing. While E. Coyote has so many, like, road abrasions, it's ridiculous. (laughs) We gotta get the doctor in here. My favorite thing that she does, and she does it multiple times in every scene that she is in is to say wasn't that nice of me I packed you and your cousin some goodies for the ride wasn't that nice of me there's a whole bag of chips in there and you're just like what is she saying I get campy is funny and stuff and this scene goes on I don't know three and a half minutes too long for it to be campy like it is just witnessing someone yell lines at two children who are are very close to her and it's very uncomfortable while not making eye contact with either of them which no, is she's making eye contact with her cue cards you don't make <laughs> eye contact with children it's so, crazy. <laughs> so she goes and gets their physical forms that she's filled out and she says filled out by yours truly wasn't that nice of me don't tell anyone how you got them even though i am a doctor and you're just like what is happening it sounds like she's having a conversation with somebody else but we're not hearing their side of the conversation and she's talking immediately through it like it is so insane i love people whose inner monologue is just yelled out of their body at all times (laughs) out of giant coke i should walk to the kitchen wouldn't that be fun for me (laughs) refilling the coke i do love it we might need more from kroger later she reminds me of i don't know if either of you have seen the play noises off yeah definitely tons of times <laughs> Mikey loves the theater. There's a character who has only learned her lines in order. And so if somebody messes up a line, they don't know what to oh. do. So they just say them together. I saw a play called The Play That Goes Wrong, and one of the characters does that same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This reminded me of that of someone who has learned all of their lines, but none of their blocking or anything, and is just getting through them as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's exactly like that. But also, if that's that character was just yelling at two children. <laughs> I just have in my notes, she's the real Dr. Mambo. <laughs> but so she sends him off to camp and just says, I hope you have a good time. Take care of my little girl, Richard. <laughs> she's so I need someone to write a review for this podcast and have Paige read it as the mother from Sleepaway Camp. Because you are so good at that. It's scary. <laughs> Angela! 
reaching. <laughs> I have a full bag of chips. Yeah, she's crazy. <laughs> uh, so we cut to camp. Everyone's getting off the buses. And we meet Ronnie and Mel, Mel who owns the camp, Ronnie who I think is kind of like the head counselor, it seems. like Ronnie is sexy Steve Perry. <laughs> Ronnie is wearing the tiniest shorts, and it's a lot. And in every, he never wears shorts that go past his taint. Like, he's just in <laughs> the tiniest shorts, and then he and Mel are both yelling directions at the same time, so you can't tell what anyone's saying. Like, this is not effective. <laughs> I'm just tired of you women saying that we have to hide our thighs yeah your thighs are fine i just need to i don't need to see your dick and balls in every shot wow i disagree <laughs> thighs out thighs out okay absolutely mikey and i both have great legs so like i wear short shorts and i am not afraid to do it i'll wear the live show with a shirt that says todd <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Damn it. Don't call me on it. I'm going to hold you to that. But you say the kids are getting off the buses. The kids are running out of these buses like there is a end of the world apocalypse happening. And they're just running down the hill, which is so crazy to me. Like, where are you running to? Like, why are there no counselors telling you where to go? Oh, it's Hunger Games. Lenny Kravitz just gave them that backpack and was like, you have to stay alive. <laughs> I just picture that like just out of frame, there's a wheel of cheese going down that hill and they're like absolutely tumbling for it. Now we cut over to some of the camp staff, including the cook, who is basically implying that they a quote unquote are baldies and makes your mouth water. He's clearly a pedophile. It's really upsetting. He's openly a pedophile. And Darth Vader's dad is over here like, huh, you crazy. Like, yes. he's not like, hey man, <laughs> you shouldn't work here. I need to report you to the guy who owns this place who's also a terrible actor and does not care about the people here. And also kind of a pedophile because he's sleeping yes. with the counselors. <laughs> oh my god, it all makes sense. I didn't think about that when I was watching it, but it makes sense that he would hire this cook because he too sleeps with children. Yeah. I hate this movie what do you think that interview was like <laughs> i don't want to role play that with you mikey i know we do that sometimes but i don't i don't and to be clear this is like for the podcast it's not like a sexual uh -huh. role play mikey uh -huh. and i do uh -huh. mikey's not like hey come over and you'll be the job interviewee and i'll we be role play but it's not like dungeons and dragons and it's not sexual it's like okay i'll pretend to be the walgreens clerk and you pretend you can't find where the toothpaste is <laughs> <laughs> So it's creepy as hell. Everyone who works at this camp is creepy except for Steve Perry. Sexy Steve Perry, please. Sexy Steve Perry. There's one side chef in the background of this whole conversation who's like... Yes, that's true. Who's just like, what the hell? <laughs> but then they give him $15 more a week and he shuts the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So we cut to Ricky is kind of trying to introduce Angela to some of his friends from last year, but Angela's kind of shy. It's her first time away from home. We also learned that Ricky dated Judy last year before she fully developed. Okay, can we talk about this? So the, the implication is that Judy got tits, but Judy is full-blown 30 years old. And, <laughs> and the, camp, <laughs> the campers in this movie are either 12 or 35, yeah. and there is no in-between. And they all are portrayed as being, quote-unquote, the same age or close to it. Like, this camp seems to have kids of all ages, and we do see kind of some younger groups of kids. But it seems like the camp itself is just lumping them all together as if they're all equal. 
equal and normal. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of being like, okay, your age group is here, your age group is here. And so low key, half of them are like 30. Yeah. Welcome to Camp Statutory. <laughs> oh. oh, I don't like this. Accurate. <laughs> Anyway, Judy has more hair than I've ever had in my entire life. Parents get upset, but then they're like, you guys should have read the fine print of the waiver that you signed. Oh, jeez. So I'm Googling this just now, and Paige, you said that she was like in her 30s? She looks 30. Was she the same age as everyone? Because that's upsetting. Okay, so I don't know how accurate this is. It's just a very quick Google. It says she was 38 when they filmed this. <laughs> yes she here's the thing she looks great for 38 i will give her that she looks amazing she does not look like a teenager especially they have her in a bikini at one point and i'm like that's an adult yeah that's a full-blown adult look you be careful i went on a cruise once and you don't want to make those mistakes okay you got to be very careful <laughs> talk to people <laughs> oh wow I, yeah i was on a cruise and i like go up to the bar order a drink hit on this girl and she's like yeah this cruise is celebrating my high school graduation i was like i've got to go now bye bye <laughs> but see you made the right decision whereas the cook in this movie would have been like too old mm. <laughs> yeah anyway judy is not interested in making out with ricky or any of ricky's friends because she's old and she's talking to older boys who are probably still 20 years younger than her <laughs> in the movie she's supposed to be 15 so like they are probably a year or two older than her right but there's a big difference between like ricky who's like 13 maybe almost 14 and guys who are 17 18 so you've unlocked a fun fact oh wow another one mikey that's three for me zero for you it's because i like to <laughs> let Paige do her thing Thank you. <laughs> Ricky and Judy are supposed to be the same age. Okay. You know girls mature faster than boys, Paige. It's fine. <laughs> that, that's the implication in the movie. Ricky, the actor who played Ricky was 17 at the time. Okay. So he looks young even, you know, given his actual age. Sure. The actress who played Angela was 13 at the time. Okay. And so she and the actor who played Ricky dated on set. No. So like, no. Wait, which one's Ricky again? Her cousin. I told you about him. I tried to tell you about him. <laughs> we tried to tell you that he was evil and a murderer. Oh, and you man. guys wouldn't listen to me at all. I do not like this at all. Yeah. Here's the thing. I say dated in quotes. I don't know how far things went she was also very she was supposedly on set very good friends with meg and judy and meg is in like her 20s or whatever so like okay. the three of them apparently all got along really well but she was actually too young to see the movie in theaters when it came out that's really so. funny i mean it was rated r and this is before pg-13 was a thing yeah that's true and and i would say it's r for a good reason yeah, oh yeah absolutely full <laughs> fake frontal nudity of a little quote-unquote boy i guess it's not fake we'll talk about it in fun facts it's fake in that it is not the same actor but that is real frontal nudity so that wasn't her face at the end it's it's a mask on another body oh my god you just blew my mind okay yes that's also why her expression doesn't change in that scene yeah because it's a mask that scene creeps me out it creeps me yeah. out too because this whole movie's creepy <laughs> we'll talk about it when we when we get to it yeah i do want to stress the creepy part is not that it's the growling without the mouth moving. yes yeah. yes yeah. that is the creepy it's not part. the gender identity stuff yeah no no yeah. and the fact that she's just like petting that guy's head yeah severed head which is also a latex head well i mean i i didn't think it was a real one well you because you have to use protection when you give head <laughs> yeah 
Anyway, okay. So <laughs> Judy is 38 and an evil bitch, but is also somehow at camp. And also somehow 15. I will say that 38 is very like maybe. I don't know. That was a very quick Google. I did not deep dive research that. Anyway, Angela gets to her cabin where we meet Meg, who's one of the counselors, who is like a bitch from the jump. She yeah. is not nice. And then we meet Susie, who's another counselor. It's unclear often in this movie who's counselors and who's not until the very end of the movie yeah, when they're yeah. a little more explicit about also, it. Also, some of us did not bother to learn any of the character names. So we're going to have a little bit of a difficulty talking about people on a podcast. Yeah, some of us, Paige. Some of us being the two guys on this podcast didn't <laughs> learn anyone's name. Meg is the one who's friends with Judy. She's the one who helps throw her in the water. She's she's the complaints department, if you will. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah. Susie. I was way off. God dang it, Todd, you're confusing me. <laughs> Susie's the complaints department. She's also the only one who's nice to Angela. Okay. I feel like I just went to dinner with all of your friends, and then afterwards I'm like, who the fuck were those people? And then like now you're trying to explain it to me. Like Susie's the one that works at AT&T, but also hates Liz, because Liz dated Matt, who was at the other end of the table. I like that you think I have enough friends that you couldn't memorize their one name. <laughs> I was talking to Paige. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't have friends that could fill a dinner table is all I'm saying. <laughs> I thought raptors hunt in packs. <laughs> anyway, it seems like there's in some cabins there's one counselor and other cabins there's two. I'm not sure why. It Paige, doesn't really explain. Can you print out pictures of these characters and hold them up while you're talking about them? <laughs> no. Susie also full-blown looks 30 years old. She's the one who's kind of like a redhead. And is very kind of mom-like, where she's oh, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Angela, are you okay? Yeah, that's Susie. Yeah, she's actually Judy's real-life daughter. <laughs> Clearly, that was a joke. <laughs> so Angela, while everyone is kind of unpacking, is just sitting and staring at Judy. And Judy is unpacking just her makeup, by yeah. the way. It's like just cases and cases of makeup. It is hilarious. Uh, but so Judy is just like, bitch, what you looking at? Take a picture. It'll last longer. Like she's just immediately antagonizing. And Susie steps in and is like, you must be Angela. I know it's your first year at camp you know, and is just trying to be nice to her. Yeah. I, and I think she even mentions that she's the one that we heard about, you know, so I think there yeah. may have been some like, hey, you're going to be getting a camper that's super shy and very quiet to herself. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, accommodations might need to be made, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. She's here. I don't know if you guys heard about that like seven years ago when we killed a man across the lake. <laughs> that's her dad. That's her dad. She got a deep discount this summer. But she's also <laughs> not doing great. And we don't have a camp counselor. <laughs> like a... Like a camp mental health counselor. We don't have one of yeah, those. We don't have one of those. Oh, I thought sexy Steve Perry was like in the mental health profession. I, I assumed that he was that guy. You're projecting. <laughs> He's actually an importer. He smuggles balls of socks and dead squirrels <laughs> in his tiny shorts. You guys, that's not my dead squirrel. <laughs> Is that a dead squirrel in your pocket or are you happy to see <laughs> me? So we cut to the cafeteria where they're doing like chants about like which bunk is what and bunk nine bunk 18 and we find out that it's been a few days and Angela hasn't really eaten much since she's been there and hasn't talked to anyone in three days yeah 
And so Ronnie, in an attempt to try and find something she can eat because she needs to eat, takes her to the kitchen to basically like, hey, whatever you want to eat, we'll find it and we'll work on eating the regular stuff later. But you can see his full dick and balls in those shorts. Natalie and I were watching this in bed last night and I literally said as he walks up to the table and like starts to engage Angela in this, let's go to the kitchen and get you some food. I literally said, I can see both of his balls and his dick. Yeah, because you can clearly see them. Yeah, he may as well have just walked up pantsless. Absolutely. But he's so nice. He is super nice. He's one of the few good characters in this movie. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, he is the only good counselor in this movie. Well, actually, no. The other boy's counselor, the one who's always in crop tops, he's not terrible. Is he the guy who leaves the kid in the woods? No. Okay. Different guy. Anyway, so he takes her to the kitchen and the creepy cook tries to lock her in the walk-in fridge. Immediately. Immediately. Thankfully, Ricky interrupts. He goes from zero to like molesting very, very fast. Yeah. But yeah, Ricky yeah. like senses something is wrong or just goes looking for Angela. So he finds her back there. Right. Ricky wants to protect his secret so Ricky doesn't get in trouble. Let's not think I don't... <laughs> that he's doing this for the good of other people. I feel like Ricky is a good sibling, quote unquote. I guess he's a, yes. a cousin, but they have been raised as siblings, right? Yes. But he slams, like the cook slams Ricky into like boxes of vegetables. In fact, one of them was like topless green onions, which I thought was a weird name for green onions. Yeah. But he slams in there's like don't tell anybody about this he's like yeah whatever you want man just don't kill me yeah uh they had to film that so many times that that actor got bruises in the shapes of the shelves on his back because they are actually throwing him into those shelves well it's good that they had like uh someone helping out on set to make sure no one got yeah, injured it's it's great it's great that osha was here <laughs> to make sure everything was okay you're telling me this is a non-union movie shoot i can't believe what? it Oh, she would have been like, hey, Ronnie, um, maybe put on pants where I can't see what religion you are. (laughs) (laughs) So we cut to later on in the kitchen. So Ricky and Angela run away. Then later on in the kitchen, the cook is salting the largest stockpot I've ever seen in my entire life. I actually have a note to ask you about this. Do pots exist that are that big? Yes, because Hansel and Gretel ran (laughs) into a witch. (laughs) Who was preparing to heat them up and eat them. Okay. And this man also has a similar relationship with children. Um, I, I have never seen a stock pot that tall. Let me put it that way. Typically, they go wider before they go that tall, especially because on one burner... That would take hours, maybe even a whole day to boil that much water. Yeah, they've been like trying to boil that water since the campers got there three days ago. Yeah, like I (laughs) so I have probably the largest I have. I have a 16 quart in a stock pot, which is kind of taller. And then I have a 16 quart. Uh, Le Creuset cast iron, which is so big that we can put like the cat in it with room to play. Don't cook your cat, Paige. I'm not going to. I'm just, we had to, we, for fun pictures. Um, So typically what I've seen is that either you'll have a pot that can extend over multiple burners yeah. and is shorter. So it's going to boil faster, but you can still do a lot in it. I've seen those in like industrial kitchens. Like when I was waiting tables and stuff. Yeah. 
that's what it would be. I've never seen a stock pot this tall. I think yeah. this was made for the movie. Okay. It's in, it's so bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. And also he pours so little salt in it. I was like, you might as well not be salting this at all. Like for the amount of water that's in this. <laughs> this is crazy. I mean, he pours like the rest of the salt in there, but it isn't enough. And that's why he goes yeah. back into that stock room where he just tried to molest Angela and kill Ricky. All right, this is not chopped. Let's just get on with the scene here. <laughs> anyway, so he's he's throwing all the corn in and goes into the walk-in to get salt. We cut to point-of-view cam, killer, killer cam, cam, if you want to think about it that way. Yeah, uh, He comes back with salt and steps up onto a stool to work in the stockpot, which is part of why you don't have stockpots that tall, because you don't want to have to be on a stool. Like, if you're me, I'm five foot two, I'm on stools often, but, like, that's not the norm for a lot of people. Anyway, so she pushes him and then pulls the stool out from under him, so he ends up pulling the stockpot down onto him and scalds himself nearly to death. He had so many options, like, step off of the chair. Like, I don't understand <laughs> why his only option was to grab the pot and pull it onto himself. Like, this quote-unquote kill, it, I guess he doesn't die. He just gets very badly burned. But, like, I don't understand why this happened at all. He has to die because, if not, he would just tell someone who did it to him. No, but we hear him yelling like, yeah, he doesn't die. He absolutely would have been like, Angela did this to me. But instead, he's just like, I mean, hey, I'll be real. Scalding over your entire body would be so fucking painful. But also she's in the kitchen. Grab a knife. Just step off of the chair. Like, I did not understand the peril he was in at all. It made no sense to me. Well, and also, he's a big dude. Yeah. yeah. How strong is she to be able to pull that chair? <laughs> like, because she'd have to essentially lift his weight to do it. Yeah. I also, every time we get killer POV, it's fully the hands of a full grown man. Yeah, it is. It, it is absolutely not Angela. <laughs> Anyway, so the ambulance comes and they're like, we don't have a sedative strong enough. He's so badly burned. I guess they've never heard of alcohol. Like, what are we doing? Like, also, they're not rushing to take him away. They like slowly wrap him in gauze and then like drag him out. I'm like, this is you're an emergency, right? Like you should take him to like a hospital. Yeah, I guess. I mean, also, he would probably go into shock. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think he died. I think he's dead. They say later that he didn't, that he's just in the hospital. That's what the owner would say. That's true. In a movie where Angela decapitates someone that kisses Judy, like cheats on her, quote unquote, or whatever. Right. They let the pedophile live. That's like <laughs> the 80s in a nutshell to me. I mean, here's the thing. It doesn't matter to the story. So I think we it's fun. Let's assume that he died of shock. Oh, yeah. I want him to be I, dead. I, I, prefer that yeah. too and i will say this the effects on the burns and like the pus is like yeah forming in the burns it was actually pretty good a lot of the dead bodies look pretty good in this movie yeah yeah actually. i was actually surprised a lot of yeah. the kills were cool although the effects held up i will say the bees was a little over the top i i have some notes on on the bees that we could talk about in fun facts i have so many thoughts about the Candyman kill but let's get to that i know <laughs> yeah anyway so in order to cover up what happened mel the owner pays off James Earl Jones's dad yeah and the rest of the like uh, you know the other I guess assistants is what you want to call them staff they're like 
like the sous chefs, if that's a thing yeah. at camp. But that's what they are. They're like assistant chefs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so they are all not going to talk about it. So the kids don't even seem to know. Right. But I mean, honestly, getting the pedophile out of the camp, that drastically improved every camper's summer, whether they knew it or not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We cut to Ricky's cabin where he's playing a prank on Mozart, who's one of the other campers. Which isn't his real name, right? They just call him Mozart? Yeah, we never, like, find out his real name. Names are not important here. They they <laughs> trick him into trying to strain against them to do a sit-up, and in the process, another guy moons him. He ends up sitting up, like, into that guy's butt, essentially. Yeah. Because butts are hilarious. Apparently. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like this is a prank Mikey like would have been involved in until he no, was like 30. That's cruel. I'd be involved in this prank today. Uh, so <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, their counselor shows up. He has everybody grab their baseball gloves because they're going to go play baseball. And he is in a crop top and tiny shorts. <laughs> this is now it is unclear until much later what his name is, because I had I kept taking notes of like, what is his name? Because at one point it sounds like they call him Cheeto. And I'm like, is his name Cheeto? <laughs> like, hang on. His name is not Cheeto. I thought that was his nickname. I think that might be his nickname. Like his name is Chester in real life, but they call him Cheeto because that's funny. <laughs> No, no, no. It's because his dick looks like a Cheeto and you can see it through those shorts. <laughs> Why is it so lumpy? No, his name is some form of Gene. They call him Gene at some point. So I think his name is probably Gino. Okay. All right. Gino. I, th I think it's Gino, um, which he looks swarthy in Italian. So I'm going to claim him as one of ours. Let's talk <laughs> about how awkwardly long baseball scenes these are so long oh. and it's children against adults and the children win page yeah they're like <laughs> i don't know it's like eight to six and you're just like what and they're like all hating each other in a way that's there's more baseball in this movie than there is in the league of their own mikey i literally asked at one point i was like did this become the bad news bears like why are we <laughs> spending so much time on baseball right now it's about as much baseball as twilight <laughs> <laughs> and they're like they're like bullying each other and he's like hey kid your mother can't get a job because she's severely depressed and you're like oh man they're like so mean to each other <laughs> that's a real accurate burn <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we cut to the social that night where Angela's sitting alone and a, a bunch of the older popular guys are like, what if you ask Angela <laughs> to go skinny dipping? Yeah. Yeah. To go skinny dipping. And they're kind of daring each other. <gasps> oh, man. I just thought about how actually terrifying that would be like for yeah. Angela, knowing what she knows. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so she says no. And they basically do that thing of like, what? How dare you say no? Like, how? And he says, How come you're so fucked up, Angela? Like, immediately, they're like, Hey, Angela, we thought it might be cool <laughs> if you go skinny dipping with us. And she's like, No. And he goes, Fuck you, Angela. I mean, more or less, he like loses his mind. <laughs> he said, And I quote, How come you're so fucked up, Angela? Yeah, like, oh that is God. the line. It's so crazy. That's a second date question. <laughs> what? How, how come, come you're so, you're fucked, so up? fucked up? <laughs> Mikey, you're like so good at getting out of relationships. <laughs> do you have any pointers uh yes as the houdini of i need a good alliteration here the houdini of hussies is not gonna work for this i think it does work though Mikey. <laughs> as the houdini of hussies i'll just you know, confidently go into it which i don't know it feels degrading i don't know about it that. is degrading oh okay as the david blaine of dame 
<laughs> Go on. <laughs> but, <laughs> you just look someone in the eye, very serious, and be like, I learned a lot about you. How are you so fucked up? <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, you could just shorten it and be like, I've learned enough about you. <laughs> oh my god it'll end right there it would yeah that would definitely end it i don't know why i pictured this but i pictured the process of mikey getting to know someone over like the things that he needs to learn about a person to be like i've learned enough and the last is just somebody trying to assemble the shrine of the silver monkey from <laughs> Legends of the Hidden Temple. anyway uh so this causes a big fight. Ricky defends Angela. Yeah, like he does throughout this whole movie. And his friend Paul goes to talk to Angela and is just like, hey, I'm sorry this happened to you. I'm Paul. I met you last week. Ricky told me what happened to your family. I'm Which is a very bold first step. Hi, I'm Paul. Heard your family got murdered. Dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want a date? No. <laughs> Can I have a kiss on the cheek? So at this point... Cheeto Gino comes in in a mesh shirt yeah. and is like, everybody, bunk 19, we're going to bed, which is his bunk. He's like, everyone's got to go to bed. I got an S&M workshop to teach. <laughs> <laughs> and as Paul is leaving, he says, good night, Angela. And then Angela says, good night, which is the first thing she said to anyone this whole movie. Yeah. And then he right. like gets so excited by that. He's like, oh. Good night. She talked to me. I was like, oh, wow, Paul, you are easy, my friend. Yeah, Paul, come on, man. So we cut to the lake at night where everyone was supposed to go skinny dipping and the girls are not having it. The guys jump in. The girls are like, no, thanks. Oh, except for that main guy. He's like, well, we're going to do it anyway. That'll show you girls. And if I was one of those guys, he'd be like, no, we're not. Like if the girls are coming, <laughs> I have no interest in this. But no, like nine naked guys jump in the water together, which to me is like Saturday. <laughs> in, in my fraternity and sorority experience dudes will get naked with each other all the time like any opportunity as a guy accurate yeah i don't mm -hmm. know why that is but like yeah i just don't care like it's whatever not me i just turn to him look him in the eyes and i say i've learned enough about you <laughs> i'm also like if we're in my house you're lucky i'm wearing pants yeah right that's such bullshit. We're lucky if you're only wearing three pairs of pants. <laughs> but it's summer, man. It's hot outside. We're lucky you're not wearing a cape. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so one of the guys talks a girl into going in a canoe with him. Oh, my name's Todd. I got my hat, a new hat, so my hat can wear a hat on it. Layers. <laughs> this joke feels like a hat on a hat, Mikey. Yo, dog, we heard you liked hats, <laughs> so we put a hat on your hat so you can watch hats from a distance. Welcome back <laughs> to Pimp My Hat. <laughs> anyway, so he gets her out in the canoe. He's talking about water snakes and all kinds of stuff, and he deliberately tips the canoe. Which is crazy, right? It's dumb. It's yeah. dumb. Well, he tries to scare her. That's why he's doing it. Yeah, girls love that. Yeah. Girls that yeah. you want to make out with love when you scare them and then throw them into the water. Yeah, that's the wrong type of getting wet. Yep. So <laughs> she swims back to the shore. He pops up in the overturned canoe. And then what is he doing? I was so confused as to what he was doing when he popped his head up in the canoe. He's like, I think I'm so funny and she's going to love this. And she just swam away. Yeah, she's gone. Yeah. We see her getting out of the water. She's like 30 paces away. Yeah. And he's in there like yelling her name inside the canoe. Yep. This kid, I'm not saying he deserved what happened to him. I'm just saying I didn't mind. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because a head pops out of the water and he's like, what are you doing here? And then someone half his size drowns him. Yeah. Well, it's because he's being weighed down with those balls of steel that he uses to be like, you know how I'm going to hook up tonight? Crashing the boat. <laughs> <laughs> because of the implication. <laughs> anyway, so all the other guys go inside. They call for him. He doesn't come. They're like, we'll see you in the morning. We cut to the next morning and Ronnie is trying to clean up around the lake and he's mad and he rolls the canoe over and finds the dead body with a water snake. Yeah. That body and the water snake coming out of the, the nose or whatever it was coming out of was actually pretty good. Yeah. It was yeah, good. It was real good. It looked like that body had been in there for like 20 days though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that's, <laughs> that's a very advanced stage of decomp. So this body they can't hide. So they end up having to drag the body bag past all the kids and that now there has to be an autopsy. But my favorite is when Mel is talking to the officer and he's like, so he must have hit his head. And he's like, I don't see any bumps and bruises. But then again, I am no expert in this matter. And I'm like, are you a robot? <laughs> like, what is happening? The dialogue is bonkers. And then, like, as sexy Steve Perry is, like, talking to Mel, the camp owner or whatever, yeah. about how, oh, man, there might be something here. He's like, it was an accident. Yeah. It was an accident. Like, he yells at him. Like, yeah, why are you yelling? Calm down, Mel. He, like, puts on his emergency security jacket and just says, I will never financially recover from this. And then follows the ambulance. <laughs> no, he even, he does one better, Paige. He, like tries to high road both of them and he's like well i have to go inform the family that their child has died and you're like yeah yeah you do you own this place that's your job leave us alone mel you weirdo well honestly i think how it's done here is that the police would get a chaplain to notify the family that's probably true yeah it probably would not fall to the camp counselor you're right yeah but then the cop goes and gets in his cruiser and then sexy steve perry walks over and he's like maybe he didn't die by drowning yeah because he was a really good swimmer yeah yeah yeah. but what he actually said was one day i will find you flip the <laughs> canoe that hides you one day I will remind <laughs> you that there's water, snakes, and bugs and stuff. Yeah. I love Separate Ways, and I want to pause here to tell everyone <laughs> to watch the Separate Ways music video. Oh, it's Because nuts. it does feel like the record label called Journey and said, hey, guys, we have four hours and the docks in San Francisco shoot a music video with a home camera. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Amazing. Now, I do wish it would have cut back to like the girl's cabin where that girl would have been like, he was trying to hook up with me and I left and he's dead now. I don't feel guilty because his game was super weak, but like, <laughs> should I feel guilty? And then the rest of the camp would just be like, no, I don't want no scrubs. Scrub is <laughs> guy that flips canoes for me. Waiting underneath the canoe while I'm going to do what's best for you and me. Okay, so <laughs> we cut to them playing volleyball. Mikey, we don't deserve pitch. <laughs> Absolutely not. Anytime, anytime I get someone to listen to the podcast, they're like, Paige is so funny. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so the girls are playing volleyball badly, by the way. Like, not a single one of them knows how to play. But yeah. But I mean, in all fairness, Judy hasn't played since she was in her teens 20 years ago. <laughs> Right, right. When when Judy was the age they could play volleyball, they could even have the right to vote. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the scene where Judy is wearing the Judy shirt. 
Yeah, this is the Judy shirt, yeah. which in the comic I just worked on, and I don't remember if it made the final cut, I would have to check and see if it made final artwork. At one point in one of the drafts, I had a note that a character should wear a shirt with their own name on it. Oh, man. At, like modeled after Judy. So I'll have to check and see if if it made final draft. But yes, and it was specifically that. for this movie. But I do think we should all get our our own name shirts. I am all for that. I 100%. And I want them to be like the sewn on letters that look just like that. I would love it so much. <laughs> That'd be really funny. Hot take. I would get one that says Judy on it. That's exactly this shirt. I would wear that. So Angela's sitting off to the side. She doesn't want to play volleyball. So Paul comes to talk to her. And she's finally talking back and they have this kind of cute little conversation. Yeah. And the girls playing volleyball are like, it's not fair that she gets to just sit and talk to the boys. And so Meg, one of the counselors, is just like, yeah, you need to leave, Paul, and tells Angela, if you're not going to participate, sit there and do nothing. Which is like, okay, I guess. Worst fine. summer camp experience ever. Yeah. <laughs> and Susie comes to her defense and is like, let's just finish the game and go to lunch. Don't worry about it. Are you sure you don't want to play? And Angela's like, I don't. I don't mind watching. Yeah. So we cut to the movie in the rec hall and Paul and Angela come out and they're holding hands because they went together. They're kind of like a cute little couple at this point. Yeah. And he is going to walk her back to the bunk. Judy's being a bitch about it. Of course she is. This movie felt very mean girls to me. <laughs> yes. Judy is the Regina George of this film. Yes. <laughs> so Paul walks her back to the bunk and says, I want to show you something and does not get consent for this kiss no. or even really the next one, which is not great. He does not go 90. He goes 100. He goes 110. Like he's all over that face. Yeah. And she's clearly not comfortable. It's probably her first kiss. I would guess so. He says, I hope you're not mad. And she's like, I'm not mad, but I, I have to go. Yeah. And he's and then he like browbeats her into having another kiss and he's like can i have another one she doesn't respond he kisses her and she just says i have to go now and goes inside the cabin it, it was very uncomfortable i was like oh both of these people need to learn about like what consent is yeah so as he's coming out he runs into judy and judy's like oh i didn't think she was your type because judy's an evil bitch and she is there's nothing redeemable about judy at all Except for that shirt and her gorgeous hair. Well, <laughs> oh yeah, her her side pony is like cinched to the gods. It's so tight. Legendary side pony. <laughs> I have an ethics question for the group. Sure. Oh, you're asking the wrong group, but okay. Is Judy a bitch for bullying a murderer? Is the bullying still wrong? We don't know that Angela is a murderer yet, and Judy has no way of knowing. It's true, but like, what if it's an accident? Like, you were accidentally bullying a other, like, a serial killer. Just because they're a serial killer does not make your negative action not a yes. negative action. So, yes, it's bad that she is doing this. Because Judy doesn't know that she's a serial killer, so she, as far as Judy knows, she's just bullying a, a, a shy girl. So, yeah, Judy is a bitch. But if you did accidentally bully a serial killer, does it like make it better? Like no. no, it doesn't. It still makes you bad. And you're probably part of the reason they were killing. Yes. John Wayne Gacy's bully, please add us. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're still like trying to get a book deal or something. Yeah. The clown I browbeat into murder. <laughs> There's no way a person who was a clown did not get bullied. Or do you think that the person has no insight, so the bully's like, Vindication! 
I know someone who went to clown college. Clowning is a serious <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. art. It is. Or so I am told by people who have attended clown colleges. <laughs> <laughs> the person I know who has gone to clown college, whose name I will not reveal, they have their face paint registered with like the clown yep. guild or whatever it's called. Yeah. Like that's a thing. It includes like miming and traditional European clowning and it's like a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying not to bully right now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, my, Mikey. Some of them are probably murderers. It's fine. <laughs> what if I started writing like murderers in prison, like really bullying? Like, yeah, here's what you don't want to do. Start <laughs> bullying people who are confessed and convicted of murder that are going to get out of jail sometime as a public figure. I'd be like, those shoes look terrible. Everyone in jail is looking at them and judging you. <laughs> Stop trying to make soap on a rope happen. <laughs> Your house was tacky. I saw it on the news. So yeah, don't do that, Mikey. Yeah, don't It's a do bad that. idea. So... Paul comes back to his cabin and he's like, I had a great time. And they're still trying to prank Mozart with like the classic shaving cream prank. And when Mozart wakes up, he grabs a knife. He pulls a knife on Ricky. <laughs> it goes from zero to knife fight real quick. It's you amazing. You gotta stand up for yourself. Yeah, Mozart don't fuck around. Or they too were bullying a serial killer. <laughs> Gino slash Cheeto stops it by taking the knife away from them. Yeah. Although I think that is the knife that the killer uses later for a lot of stuff. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. I didn't get a good look at the knife, but. Yep. Uh, so the next day at the lake, Paul and Angela are hanging out again, but Meg is kind of a dick to Angela and Paul goes back into the water and Meg is like, she never answers me and just like shakes her. Oh my God. I could not. I mean, I started laughing at this moment because it's just so yeah. over yeah. the top ridiculous that I was like, what is happening right now? Yep. Uh, so back in the cabin, Judy is drying her hair. Oh, but sexy Steve Perry comes up and like breaks it oh, up. Yeah. So it's fine. Right. And Judy's mad that Angela got Meg in trouble, which is like not what happened, but whatever. Yeah, but I right. mean, that is the way Judy would handle it. I mean, Judy's yeah. not a great person. Right. And Angela is kind of on the defensive here because she didn't do anything. And Judy is like, how come you never take showers with us? Oh, I bet you haven't reached puberty. You have no hair down below. You're flat as a board in need of a good screw, which is... Which, ironically, no hair down there becomes the fashion for, like, the next, like, 40 years. I know. Well, but also, I'm like, that's a terror. No, someone who has not reached puberty should not be in need of a good screw. No. <laughs> like... Oh, I didn't hear that part. I didn't... I wasn't commenting on that. No, 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 for sure. But so, Susie, the other counselor, ends up slapping... Judy. And it's the only time she has repercussions for her actions. Yeah. Well, no, that's not true. When she dies, I'd say that's a pretty big repercussion. Well, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Angela leaves to go see Ricky and she says that she'll be back before dinner. As she walks outside, the boys are having a water balloon fight on the roof. Which is the craziest place to have a water balloon fight. I don't want to be on something that when it gets wetter, it gets slipperier and then you're just falling off a roof for no reason. Like yeah. I like every activity in my life to be high stakes. Yep. <laughs> Super soaker fight in the electrical room <laughs> i once watched mikey have a picnic on the airplane wing 
Oh, jeez. Like, just strapped in. He was trying to eat an apple. It was hilarious. But then William Shatner wouldn't believe me. It was a whole thing. <laughs> There's something. There's some Mikey on, on the wing. The wing. <laughs> so, they throw water balloons at her. Ricky comes out and is kind of, like, cussing them out. Paul comes to kind of help Angela up, and then Mel breaks it all up. Yeah. And punishes Ricky because he quote unquote has a filthy mouth and also punishes the guy th- guys throwing balloons. Although Ricky does have a filthy mouth, but I think that's great. I love movies that show kids who like actually allow them to use language that kids use. Um, That's why I love the movie role models. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love that movie where, where he's just like, what's this porn sugar on Beyonce's titties. <laughs> <laughs> I also love Sean William Scott. And he's not in enough. He, I mean, one of my favorite lines in that movie is he's dressed as a, like a minotaur mascot for like a job that they have. And they're yes. at a high school and a kid walks past and is like, nice suit. And he's like, yeah, your mom let me borrow it after I fucked her. And you're just like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> So back in the older boy cabin, the ones that lost the baseball game, we find out that they're going to have another game against the counselors. And one of the guys has to take a wicked dump first. Oh, man. Man, this scene is ridiculous. I I, <laughs> I don't understand it at all. It's a crazy kill because somebody cuts through the screen in the bathroom <laughs> window with a knife. First, before they do that, they use like a broom handle to like lock the stall door. And then right. they drop in slowly a, a hornet's nest. Oh, yeah, a hornet's or a nest. Yeah, one or yeah. the other, right? But where do they get it? Oh, God only knows. Don't ask too many questions about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> what I don't understand is in that moment, open the door, right? The right. door's locked. Immediately go under the stall door. And they're showing us that there is a huge gap. Yeah. Because the camera <laughs> angle, you can see his feet clearly. Like, yeah. this guy does not need to die Candyland style. Like, I, or a Candyman style. I don't understand it at all. <laughs> he went to Licorice Forest and got murdered. <laughs> <laughs> you misspeak one time and then it becomes a bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god any anyway he falls out of the stall yes after breaking the mop handle or whatever yeah and is covered in bees and it's super gross covered in bees covered yeah. in bees oh god the bees not the bees <laughs> i've seen enough of twitter gifts to know what that's from how to get burned how to get burned um <laughs> i can't believe we haven't done the original or the remake of wicker man tried to get it in for listener requests so many times anyway fuck it we'll get to it eventually uh so (laughs) we cut to mel who at this point is legitimately like i'll never financially recover from this (laughs) yeah you can only legally have two people die at your camp a season well and it's implied (laughs) that a lot of kids leave after the deaths yeah because people are mysteriously dying you would 100% pull your kid out at which point I'm like then why are the rest of the kids still here like who are their parents that they're just like well some families don't love their kids as much as others that's clearly what's happening (laughs) yeah this explains the bullying 
Yeah. <laughs> but, so they consolidate some of the bunks. So now there are empty cabins. Yes. So they've kind of consolidated everybody. And at this point, Mel reveals that he thinks he knows who the killer is. By the way, his theory is founded on nothing. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Wild. Yeah, it's so inaccurate, too. Yeah. It's my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to... Paul and Angela run into each other behind the cabins and she's like, oh, no, I thought you were a killer. And he's like, no, it's just me. So they go to the lake, they kiss and they end up like falling down and kissing on the beach. But he goes to like unbutton her shirt and she stops him. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not doing anything. And she's just like, no. And we cut to a flashback of oh, her and her brother. I, I would guess seeing their parents their their two dads making love and then going back to their bedroom and it's implied that maybe there was some incestual touching but it cuts away before it happens oh man i did not love this flashback for many reasons but mainly it was because it was shot all of it no it's shot in like a black box theater yeah it was shot in like a black box theater where it like clearly the rooms don't exist yeah and there are no like room walls like it's on like a sound stage i love that that's the part that upsets you in this scene (laughs) no mike i mean from like a filmmaking standpoint it's bonkers it's not great it's 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 a weird inclusion yes um but so Angela freaks out and runs away in in part because a Paul's moving pretty fast. There's not a lot of consent there. Every reason, reason for her to run away before yes. we even get to the fact that she is probably worried about Paul's reaction to what he may discover about her body if things continue. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, well, and the trauma of whatever that all was. Yeah, uh, exactly. Whatever all the flashback was. Absolutely. Yeah. So we cut to the next day. They're playing capture the flag. And Paul talks to her and he's like, I'm sorry, but I don't understand why you got upset. And she just says, I wasn't ready. And instead of just being like, I'm sorry, I I didn't know you weren't ready. Like, let's go through this slower or whatever. He's just like, prude. (laughs) (laughs) Which is crazy. Like, yeah, because they're like 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's what I was going to say. I get that he's like 12 or 13. Yeah, so he smokes his cigarette and he's like, you fucking prude. (laughs) (laughs) But as he kind of walks away, Judy intercepts him and is like, why do you keep bothering with her? She's so small. Like, so we cut to Angela and Ricky have a plan to get the flag. They're going to go through the woods to to find it. Right. Because they can't chase both of them. And as they do that, they discover Judy and Paul making out in the woods. Yes. Which is so, uh, not great. It's not good. Because Judy's 38 and the actor who plays Paul is probably 17. 17? Yeah. Max? Yeah. So it's, it's not, not great. Yeah. Uh, we cut to the next day at the lake and Paul tries to apologize to Angela and she's just not talking to him anymore. Right. Essentially. She's over it. She's over it. And the girls, basically just to torture Angela, are going to toss her into the lake. And Ricky is about to stop them. But Mel stops him to be like, I know you're the killer. Why did you kill? And you're just like, <laughs> what the fuck? Fuck. He's so melodramatic about everything he does. It's bonkers. It's bonkers. And thankfully, they, they do throw Angela in the water, but Gino and Ricky help her out. Yes. And then three of the young, like the really young campers, throw sand at her as she's yeah. walking away. Which I was like, why are the little kids involved? I don't know, but that's why they get killed later. <gasps> 
Oh, wow. Okay, I actually did have a big question mark as to why those kids got killed, but that makes sense. Yep. So Angela sits back down on the beach and she's like hyperventilating. She's not doing well. We cut to the social in the rec hall later or uh, the social's about to happen. The counselors are kind of having a meeting. Yeah. And we find out that Eddie, one of the other counselors, has to take his cabin on a camping trip on the lake. And he has, like, he's responsible for younger campers, like little campers. Yeah. Um, Meg is off. Susie is on. And so Meg goes to Mel and is like, yo, I got that night off. Remember you promised me dinner at your place? And he's like, all right. So she goes back to the cabin. Hang on, hang on. Hang- we can't just gloss over the fact that he's 85 years old and she's 17. <laughs> like, this is super inappropriate. Like, he's her boss. I-, I don't know, man. I hated this so much. Yeah, so... I just don't understand this at all. I don't know. Meg goes back to the cabin, but there's a line for the shower. So she goes to one of the empty cabins to take a shower. Yes. And while she's showering, we see a silhouette of someone with a knife and she's stabbed through the back of the shower. Which I would imagine would take a lot of strength. But good news, it's fully a grown-ass man's hand doing this murder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they rinse the knife off in the shower and turn the water off and leave. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this. As they're rinsing the knife, it gets like half the blood off either side. Yeah, and they just and they're leave. like, that's enough. It's fine. Yeah. DNA isn't a thing It's yet. like the dishes in my sink. <laughs> I'm just going to run this knife to the dishwasher. It's fine. Yeah. I pay for a dishwasher. I don't shouldn't have to put my dirty stabby knives in hand wash. That's uh, I live in a first world country. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you call them stabby knives. Like stabby knives. You have a cute name for your murder weapons. <laughs> and that's why I get bullied. <laughs> so we cut to the camping trip that Eddie is on with the little bits. And one of them has an axe and he takes it from him and they kind of set up their campground and he's clearly annoyed, doesn't want to be there. Yeah, but he goes off to get firewood with one of the other kids. Right. For a fire they never make. Right. We cut back to the social where Paul asks Angela, he basically tries to apologize to her again and she doesn't really acknowledge it. She just says, do you know where Ricky is? And he says, oh, he's back at the bunk. And she just leaves. Or is about to leave and then turns around and just says, meet me at the waterfront after the social. Right. So, like, she's not going to hang out with him, but she agrees to meet him later. But he has been, like, begging her, like, let's talk. Let's work this out or whatever. I want to make this work for the rest of the summer, I guess. And then she's like, fine, meet me after the social at the waterfront. Yeah. So we cut back to Eddie's campsite where two of the kids are cold and want to go back. Yeah. In part because they don't have any fucking tents. They're just sleeping on the ground. And also in part because they never made a a fire. Yeah. It's just, it's all bad. Yeah. So Eddie agrees to take those two kids back and leaves three kids just sleeping in the woods with a killer on the loose. (gasps) I have no problem with them going back, but you got to take all the kids with you. Like you can't. Yeah, just take all of them. Yeah. You don't need a killer on the loose to take three small children back to the camp right. and not leave them in the woods. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's bad enough, but then also there's a killer. So they leave and then we see killer point of view as they grab the axe. Yeah. So back at the social, Susie is trying to find Meg because Mel has come to ask her. He's like, have you seen Meg? She's supposed to meet me. If you see her, send her my way. And no one's seen her. So we cut back to the girl's cabin where Judy is making out with one of the guys on her bed. Yeah. There's a knock at the door and Mel bursts in looking for Meg. And Judy tells him, well, she was going next door to take a shower. Um, That was after dinner. But, you know, that's the last time I saw her. 
And then Mel like leaves, but before he leaves, he's like, "You shouldn't read with the lights off. You'll lose your sight." Yeah, or whatever. Creepy. Yeah, I don't like Mel at all. So he goes next door and he finds Meg's body because it falls out of the shower at just the right time. I was about to say that, man. It literally is at (laughs) the moment he walks in, it leaps towards him through the shower curtain, and then he doesn't like have a moment and then go get help or whatever. He has a moment and then like vows to avenge her death by killing (laughs) Ricky later. Like this scene was so bonkers to me because Ricky stopped me from hurting a child. So I'm going to hurt a child. Yeah. (laughs) And then he's like yelling in the shower about how he's going to like avenge her or whatever. I'm like, calm down, pedophile. Yeah. Well, and meanwhile, Judy has kicked out Judy's date doesn't want to get caught. So she basically kicks him out of bed. We cut back to her cabin and she's curling her hair in the dark, which like makes no, I don't know why you would curl your hair just to sleep on it. Like that's insane. All those curls are going to fall. Like, I don't know why she's doing this. It's a bonkers activity. This is movie is written by someone who does not understand human activity. Anything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the door to the cabin opens and it looks like Ricky, but it's not. It looks like Ricky. She thinks it's her date from earlier and she says don't turn the light on or we'll have to go to the social and then she gets closer and says oh it's you well, what do you want and a full-grown adult male hand punches her yes knocks her into like a very sexual dream like yeah she starts to like roll around i was like you're not knocked out if you're rolling around like what direction um, were you given here she has a head injury yeah i would say she's it at least hurts and i didn't interpret it as sexual as much as it was like you know when you like really get like ring your bell like you hurt your head and you're just like uh and just kind of like like rocking back and forth kind of but she's just on the bed but if she's not knocked out i would think that she would like attempts to fight back or get away and she does neither of those things. Well, okay. Some people, it's like fight, flight, or freeze, right? So some people just freeze. But she doesn't freeze. She just sits there and rolls around. But that's a freeze. Okay. That's not fight or flight. She does fight back once they try to smother her with the pillow. Yeah. Yes. She's got some lines, you know? Yeah, she she does fight back. And we see it silhouetted. But essentially, the implication is that someone takes that curling iron and puts it down below in her bajinga. Oh, is that what happened? I couldn't tell because as they're putting the curling iron down they open it and in my mind i just heard a quack 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 so i just started (laughs) laughing and i could not understand why they opened the curling iron if they were going to insert it somewhere i think it's just so that we know that it's the curling iron that they're holding (laughs) this movie's terrible (laughs) terrible. (laughs) anyway they they put her body under the bed we cut to eddie coming back to the campsite where he left those three children and all three kids are murdered (laughs) like hacked up Inside their sleeping bag. He's like, oh, I thought this was a bad idea, but now it definitely turned out to be. I'm totally going to get written up and not be invited (laughs) back next summer. (laughs) (laughs) I do like that he throws up in shame or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, also mutilated kids. Like, that might make anybody throw up. Yeah, it's true. So... Meanwhile, the social's over, but Ricky wants to pop in to just buy some candy because dinner sucked. He did. And he comes back out. And as he's walking, Mel grabs him and like slaps him to the ground and beats him nearly to death. Yeah, this is what Mikey would do if he thought there was an <laughs> evil child around. Yeah, well, and then he he's like, I got him. I got to get away. And he goes to run away and runs out to the archery field where he's then like, it can't be you. It can't be. And gets an arrow through the neck. Which honestly, for 83, looked great. Yep. 
uh, the police arrive. It's the same officer from earlier. Yeah. And we get a close-up on him with a very fake mustache. Man, it looked drawn on at first. And then when they <laughs> linger on him later in a different scene, I'm like, oh, it, this is just a very bad black mustache and he has very brown hair it yeah. was amazing <laughs> i was like i wish this is what they had done in the was it the superman movie uh so it uh, happened in yeah, both yeah, yeah. superman and the avengers yeah. so like the first avengers movie it was captain america and they just had kind of they had like a prosthetic and had his hand kind of covering it yeah and then in superman i think they did it digitally yeah they did that's what it was so i yeah. wish they had just done this like i'm here for this mustache in every movie yeah for sure i'll wear a todd shirt short shorts and that mustache to a meetup or to a live I show you, what you guys don't know is that todd always wears short shorts and a todd shirt underneath it's his bottom layer <laughs> who wears todd shorts todd wears todd shorts anyway so the counselors have kind of collected and they're like hey angela and judy are missing and paul and ricky aren't back yet look everywhere meanwhile paul is on the shore waiting for angela and she comes up to him yeah she's like hey i'm here let's go swimming let's take our clothes off and he's like okay because he's a dude and he's just like ah. and she starts to unbutton <laughs> her shirt uh, meanwhile, they find Ricky's discarded candy wrappers and find his body on the ground, but he's still alive. So they carry him back. Yeah, Mikey, he's not dead. That's yeah. because Mel's weak. It is because Mel is weak. You're right. He was like, uh, uh, he's light taps. Like if you're going to kill a ch- He is beating up Ricky in that scene. Like he's a gorilla who's angry about the amount of bananas he was given at the zoo. Yeah. He's like <laughs> smashing his hands. Like <laughs> yep. it's amazing. Meanwhile, Susie runs into Ronnie and is like, hey, Judy is fully dead. But he, but he says, he's like, have you heard about Judy? And she's like, what? And he's like, she's dead. <laughs> yeah, Judy's dead. <laughs> Meanwhile, Susie and Ronnie, as they kind of convene on the beach, they hear singing and they think it's Angela. So they approach on the beach. I thought it was interesting that they heard the ah uh, ah uh, keep singing. Yeah. So. <laughs> they approach Angela on the beach. Angela appears to be cradling Paul's head in her lap as if he's like laying down. And, yes. You know. Yep. Then we get a flashback from the crazy mom. I've bought you wonderful new clothes. I've always wanted a little girl. But when my husband left. Oh, well, a little girl. I've always dreamed of having a little girl just like you. We already have a little boy. So another one wouldn't do. A little girl would be so much nicer. Angela, such a lovely name. You're going to like that name, won't you, Peter? So now we know what has happened. Yes. And that... Man, I got to be honest with you. When it flashed back and we saw the mom again, I was like, oh, damn it. Because I knew it was going to be <laughs> three minutes of like a soliloquy of crazy. I was like, oh, shit. I got you trauma, Angela. A whole bag. Um, but essentially, th- this is how we learn what has happened to Peter. That right. Peter has been forced to live in a gender identity that is not his own. And we cut back to the present and Peter stands and makes that crazy growling noise. Yeah. And the camera pans out, revealing that Peter has a penis and is also covered in blood and holding an axe and has dismembered Paul and is holding his head. It's a very scary scene, not for the gender, gender identity reveal, stuff, but just yeah. because of like how creepy. Yeah, because well, it's dog noises. It's not human noises. It's oh, like, is that what it is? Uh, yeah. It's like Mr. Bubs. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> 
And that's the movie. I do love that they hold on her face at the end, or I guess at this point we know it's a he. They hold on his face at the end, and then mm-hmm. it like goes green, and you're like, "What is? Just end the movie? Why are we doing this?" Like, <laughs> yeah. having seen the movie, having talked about it, give me some final thoughts about Sleepaway Camp. I mean, I, I feel the same way about this that I do about the room, where there's a lot yes. of problematic stuff. It's not made well, but at a certain point, it's so crazy and so bad that it comes back around to being enjoyable because you're just like. I don't know what's going to happen next. Like this is who could predict the madness that is this movie. I was going to bring up the room parallel as well, because it is very poorly made and it is bonkers. Like this is the most bonkers movie I think I've ever seen for this podcast. And that's saying something because house two exists. Yeah. Okay. So I first saw this movie when I was a kid. Wow. Mm. Really? Didn't know about the reveal or anything like that. And this movie scared me as a child of like that growling. The growling is the scary. growling facial feature of that face creeped the shit out of like nine year old me. Dude, how wide that mouth is and then the dog growls is yes. very unsettling. I'll agree with that. I didn't I was like, well, I'm never talking to a girl. But <laughs> <laughs> but this movie is at the same time unwatchable. And everyone needs to see it at least once because it is so crazy and bad that it's like, wow, this is hilarious. Yes. But I don't feel like they were in on that joke when they were making the movie. So I also feel a little bad for that diagnosis. Yeah, I don't I don't know if if it's intentionally funny. I don't know. I wish I did. Yeah, who knows? It, it is unintentionally hilarious. Right. Definitely. So I don't know. Oh man. I don't know. But Paige, you said there were a lot of fun facts. So do you have some fun facts for us? There's a lot of fun facts. Nice. Yes. Hit us with your fun facts. Judy, fun, fun facts. facts. So, <laughs> so the director, as I mentioned, dedicated the movie to his mother because her financial inheritance after she died, provided the funding. Yeah. One of the kids who plays the bullied camp boys was actually bullied during filming. And the actor who played Ronnie had to step in and break it up. Really? So like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Ronnie just is a good jacked dude. (laughs) Yeah, Allegedly so. Allegedly. Uh, As a child, the guy who wrote and directed this movie went to the camp that they used in the film. Wow. That's great. Honestly. So, Felissa Rose, who plays Angela, Karen Fields, who plays Judy, and Catherine Camel, who plays Meg, were all very close during filming. And the girl who plays Meg has said that the scene where they throw her into the water was very, very hard for them to shoot because they felt so bad. Well, and I don't know if you noticed this, but while that's going on, Mel, the camp owner, is like wrestling with Ricky, right? And you can see them in the background doing it. like. So even just the physicality of having to like be super way in the background and like having to hold someone who's probably like a two thirds of your own body weight up. Yeah. Like that would be hard, let alone the just feeling bad about having to throw someone in the lake over and over and over again. So the actor who played Ricky got the role after a very unusual audition where the director asked him to curse him out. So he had like different things that he wanted from each of the roles that he was casting. So when he was casting Angela, he would have all of the actresses just stare wide eyed into the middle distance while pretending to eat a candy bar. What? Oh, I don't like this at all. 
Felissa Rose, who played Angela, was paid $5,000 for her performance in the movie. Wow. Yeah. She was one of the only ones that was under 18. Ricky is also 17, I guess. And some of the younger boys, I guess, are under. But as far as the main character, she was the youngest and too young to see her own movie in theaters. Wow. Um, for the scene at the very end, it's accomplished by using a, a nude man wearing a mask cast from her face. Yeah. He was just a very thin man. And the story is he was a college student who needed to get drunk before he was able to do the scene and he was doing it for the money. Nobody knew who he was. And decades later, his identity is still unknown. He's not credited <gasps> wow. in the film. That's honestly Great. Like, it doesn't sound like he really wanted to do it. He did it for the money. I'm glad that no one knows who that is. Yeah, same. Good for him. The actor who played Paul had a latex version of his head cast for the final scene. And after the movie, somebody took that head. No one knows where it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's amazing. Although not at all surprising based on this movie. Yep. The actress who played Judy was not the first one considered for the role. Okay. Jane Krakowski was originally cast as Judy. Oh, from like 30 Rock? Yes. What? And dropped, uh -huh. yes, and dropped out of the production when she learned how Judy died. <laughs> because originally you were supposed to see a shot of Judy's dead body with the injuries that <gasps> she sustains in the movie. Oh, Wow. And it was cut by the MPAA for being too grisly, which is why we get the silhouetted scene. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I'm so glad yeah. she wasn't in this movie. Yeah. I love her. She's, well, I love her in things. She's so funny. The actor who played Mel, Mike Kellen, was sick during filming and hid it from everyone and died of lung cancer <gasps> three months before the film came out. What? Oh, so this no. is his last performance. Yeah. Wow. Really? Yep. Mm -hmm. That's so sad. Yep. He was terrible in this. <laughs> he's, he's good in other things, I guess. But yeah, I'm honestly surprised that he had acted before this. And as I look over his IMDb, this dude worked steadily since literally 1950. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was in 106 things. Sleepaway Camp was his last. Whatever. Yep. We've wow. all been in 106 things. Wanky, blanky. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie, along with Friday the 13th Part 3, inspired Weird Al Yankovic's song, Nature Trained to Hell. Because <gasps> Really? Both, yeah, because both films feature A, the cutting up of campers. Yeah. And B, quote, the phrase, an ending you have to see to believe. And finally, wow. young Peter is played by Maximo Gianfranco Sorrentino, who is the older brother of Mike the Situation Sorrentino what? of MTV's what? Jersey Shore fame. Yes. And wow. those are your fun facts. That's crazy. Holy shit page hang on and that's honestly that's a an extremely curated list of fun facts there are so many more online if you want them this production was bonker oh my god i'm still reeling from that last fun fact but thank you for your fun facts page yeah of course. Uh, okay oh my god okay so let's talk box office so what do you think the budget for Sleepaway Camp was when they made it in 1983. They actually probably made it in 82, but around that time. So it was an inheritance. I'm going to say 500 grand. Okay, Mikey, what do you think? 300 grand. 
Okay. Mikey is a little bit closer. The production budget that I found was $350,000. It looks about $350,000. But if you adjust for inflation, that's almost a million dollars. That's $954,000 today. Well, and also consider that camp movies are some of the cheapest to make because renting a camp for a certain amount of time is the cheapest set you can rent. And I know this because we have looked at renting a camp for a, a joke idea that Armando and I had. Yeah. Uh, and it's way cheaper than you think. It is. Uh, and that's how The Endless got away with a micro budget as well. So, but The Endless looks so much better than this. Way better than this. And if you adjust for inflation, I think cost quite a bit less. Um, it did, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So I don't have like traditional box office, like weekly box office Uh numbers because they just did not track it for Sleepaway Camp. But I do have a total box office made. So what do you think this made in the theaters in 1983? Nine million dollars. Yeah, nine million dollars. Okay. It made 11 million dollars in the box office. Wow. (laughs) Which I think is Like, honestly, that's really good. I think it's also about 11 million more than it should have made. (laughs) Um, But if you adjust for inflation, that's right over $30 million. It's like $30,006,000. Dang. Yeah. This movie made so much money inexplicably to me. Yeah. But yeah, so that's your box office. Not a lot of detail because of how long ago it was, but I bet, I mean, clearly it made its budget back and it clearly made a lot of money in the home market performance, even though it didn't track that either. So this movie made a lot of, a lot of money so much so that, and Paige, you heard me laughing about this before we actually started recording. This movie goes on to spawn three sequels there are four sleepaway camp movies and they're all unauthorized by the way none of them are the same director or anything wait really yeah well that makes me really happy sleepaway camp 2 is called unhappy campers sleepaway camp 3 is called teenage wasteland and then there was a return to sleepaway camp in 2008 now here's the thing they're unauthorized but a lot of the same actors return even people who died in previous movies yes yeah just playing other characters and stuff it's pretty funny that's great scary scale (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so Mikey, let's do that scary scale. Listeners, the scary scale is a scale of 1 to 10 of how scary we found the film today. Not a scary of quality, just a scale of... Not a scary of quality. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Mikey. Bring it. You, your turn, Paige. Um, <laughs> one. One. This is a hard one for me. Yes. Yeah. This is, this is a one for me as well. This is a one for me as well, as an adult. As a child, it was like a fucking nine. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I would imagine if I saw this as a child, too, it would have traumatized me. And I do think a lot of people who are like, no, Sleepaway Camp is great. They think that because of a nostalgic factor involved there. No, yeah. I never watched it again until just now. <laughs> well, then I guess not. Mikey says you has no excuses for liking this movie. Yeah, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but... I have not been scared in a long time on this podcast. It's been like a month and a half since we've watched a scary movie. So to that end, this week you guys made me watch Sleepaway Camp. What movie are you guys making me watch next week? Now, this past week we explored a summer camp type horror movie, and we will get back to some of those later in this month. You mean during summer camp month we'll do some summer camp movies? It's just camp month, by the way. Uh... (laughs) Okay, thank you for the clarification. You're welcome. (laughs) And, you know, Camp Month can include people just camping, which is why your next movie is Blair Witch Project. Oh, shit. Okay, so I've seen Blair Witch Project. 
I know you have. You took a date. She hated you. We know. We're booking her for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, I'm sure, is too busy to uh, be on the the episode. But yeah, like I saw this with a girl who I was like, had a crush on in high school. And this is the only time we went and did anything socially together. So I mm-hmm. apparently did not handle myself very well. I remember <laughs> running back to her Jeep, I think, uh, because I was so scared after the movie. <laughs> did you go a full 100? No, Yards. no, no, I never, no, we didn't kiss at all. She just dropped me off at my apartment and then went back to her house. He went 100% to the Jeep. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I did go 100% to the Jeep and then had to wait for her to get to it. Now, here, okay, here's, here's what I think. I think you're going to watch this movie and be like, oh, this is not nearly as scary as I remember it. I did see it in the theater, and man, when I watched this movie originally, I had seen maybe four horror movies, so I bet it will not be a 10 like it definitely was for me the night uh, I went on that date with Rachel but man I will oh this is the movie that I was like okay I was scared of horror movies as a kid because I watched like The Omen when I was a kid and then I watched this as a teen and I was like okay horror movies just aren't for me they're clearly like making me seem like an uneligible bachelor so I can't do this uh, I'm out <laughs> and then well, I started a podcast about it I, I think you're going <laughs> to overcome your fears and conquer it just like the, we did with The Omen. I think it's going to be another one of those. The funny thing is Rachel's actually in the Facebook groups for both of our podcasts. <laughs> so like she may have some uh, things to correct me yes. on. One of which will probably be like, Todd, it really wasn't a date. <laughs> uh, I, I want us to reach out and be like, Rachel, we need to know your side of the story. <laughs> Your homework for next week is to invite a date over, watch the Blair Witch Project, handle it badly, and make sure they never call you again. And then listen to the episode on the Blair Witch Project. Done and done. <laughs> Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Um, Paula Obsession. Oh, yeah? What does Paula Obsession have to say? Oh, I'm sorry. Panda Obsession. <laughs> Panda Obsession? You were way off, Mikey. I was very much <laughs> off. As a review says, laughing for days. Oh, nice. Been listening since the early days. I love hearing you guys basically just hang out. Nothing is better than when y'all bust out laughing. <laughs> Have a wonderful day. Five stars. Well, thank you very much, Pamela slash Panda Obsession, for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your review on the podcast, leave us a five-star text review. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at MRandolph24 and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horrorvirgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm. than the regular mm-hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. It's 
If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. And literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome. Guys, check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Nick B. Fun fact. Oh, yeah? He always wears shirts with his name on it. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas B. Well, Nick, thank you so much for making it easy for everyone to know what your name is. I appreciate that. This episode was also brought to you by Ori. Ori. So I was canoeing. Uh, with Ori and uh, I was talking about like my plan to like take Natalie out canoeing then that later that night and I was like so here's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna tell her there's like water snakes and snapping turtles that'll like eat you up at night in the in the lake and then I'm gonna dip the canoe and then Ori was like Todd that's a really bad idea don't do that so I didn't and the date went really well Ori thank you so much for uh, giving me some great <laughs> advice about what not to do to someone in a lake non-consensually because of the implication Yes. This episode also brought to you by Brandon's Bug Business. And Brandon's Bug Business is actually called Bug Cage Company on Facebook. And if you have any needs for like spiders, scorpions, centipede, or millipedes, the need for peed. Exactly. The need for peed. Then all you have to do is reach out to Bug Cage Company on Facebook and Brandon will ship you some bugs. Uh, this episode also brought to you by the letter Jeff. And Jeff wants you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they break down an episode of the Jessica Jones Netflix TV show. And they've actually moved into Agent Carter. So check out that podcast on any podcast app. This episode was also brought to you by Awesome Possum Blossom, and Awesome Possum Blossom wants me to give you some awesome possum facts, so here's one for you. Possums also hate the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> they don't like found footage as a medium. Yeah, they <laughs> just feel like it's a very cheap way of making bad movies. Same. <laughs> we now return you to another episode of uh, The, the Patreonicals. All right. Most Evil Matthew has decided to be most evil, and this week has decided to exterminate all the manatees on Earth. Wait, manatees? Like yes. underwater sea cows. Like, that's who he's going after. Why is it always manatees? What about the womanatees? <laughs> oh, the humanities! <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Thank you, Mikey. Okay. So evil, Math evil Matthew sends Isaac to eat manatees and he goes and starts eating a bunch of manatees and he's crying because he doesn't really want to do it, but he's got a control collar on. So he's doing that. Have you guys ever seen a manatee in real life? Yeah. Yes. When I lived in Florida, I would go scuba diving with manatees. They are like the sweetest things ever. I would cry if you like made me eat a manatee. It would be terrible. I'm going to make you eat a manatee. <laughs> Get your control collars away from me, Mikey. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, but he also has the he's got Isaac, but he also sends Danielle's uh, he's got Danielle. She is like she her control collar doesn't work. So she's like pretending. <gasps> oh, I like this like blip. Ooh, I like it. Yes. But her moon general, Aaron, 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Takes. I like that there are moon generals. He just walks around in like assless chaps. Oh, wait. <laughs> He's from the moon. I'm so sorry. Yes. <laughs> I just forgot. I'm so sorry. That is 100% on me, and I'm the very moon embarrassed. only about has that. one gender. So and it's assless? It's moon. Yeah, it's assless. <laughs> so. Oh, wow. But the moon generals. Assless chaps are more rhinestones, so you know rank. Right, oh, that got makes it, got sense. It, got it, got it, got right. It. So anyway, she goes and takes a bunch of UFOs to Florida to kill all the manatees as well. That checks out. And Kate, Karoom, and Amy, they're like, we got to steal one of these flying saucers for some fucking reason. We got to get, get to space or whatever, because uh, Earth space technology sucks or whatever. It's all billionaires and bullshit. So uh, <laughs> it is. It is all billionaires is. and bullshit. That is true. So while uh, there's a slaughter of manatees happening, uh, Aaron gets punched in the face by Scott made of a thing. He's the thing. And she flies across on the water. And as she lands in the water, she stabs on the manatee because she's just so evil. And then uh, it does sound like she's very evil. Yeah. Kate throws Dave, poor, poor Dave, with her telekinesis. <laughs> into the door of the space shuttle to break the lock and it, he gets crumbled like just crumbled down just enough anyway he splatters against it and the door cracks open okay uh and then they they scoop him up whatever's left of him and put him in a bucket for later and then uh <laughs> uh kaylee is back over at most evil matthews headquarters which uh I'm not going to reveal what it is yet. That's for next week's episode. Oh, okay. Little sneak peek about what's happening next week. She had a UFO come back. Oh, a moon, a moon foe. And a uh, moon foe. I'm sorry. Did you say moon foe? I did say moon foe. And really, the unidentified flying object that makes up the UFO had just been identified when you said <laughs> it was from the moon. So, like, you could just say it's a moonship. It's a moon foe. And then... Yeah, yeah, it's a moon flying object. Duh. I'm so sorry. Kelly said, I wanted to wear a manatee as a hat. So she puts a manatee's head as a top hat and blood drips over her face because she's also not, not evil. You know what I'm saying? Not, not evil. Got and it. She licks the blood of the manatee off of her. And she's like, I hate manatees. They're fat. And which is just super judgy and they're animals. And I don't understand why she would do that anyway. <laughs> Karun and, uh, starts up the space shuttle and then Kate and Amy uh, start flying it. They're in the, they're in the moon. They've loaded some stuff up and they've run to space. And then as they zoom out into the sky, you see Domasaurus just in waist deep water with his tiny T-Rex hands doing jazz hands. He's so excited because he's just chomping manatee after manatee. <laughs> Up and swallowing it into his mouth, and they kill all manatees on Earth. And evil Matthew just laughs and laughs and laughs. I just have one question, Mikey. What happened between you and a manatee this past week? It's not me. It's most evil Matthew. But why manatees? I'm gonna pick things that people love, and most evil Matthew is going to destroy them. <laughs> okay. Okay, we'll find out next week what Mikey's going to have most evil Matthew destroy on another episode of uh, <laughs> The, the Patreonicals. Well, that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have an amazing week. Bye! Bullying nerds. Bullying nerds. <laughs> Manatee nerds. <laughs>